That kid is back on the escalator again. Yes, ma'am. Sandy, you're the only person I know who can make yes, ma'am sound like screw you. Yes, ma'am. All I want is a refund. Refund? Refund? Are you crazy? Refund? 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 Hello. This is a demonstration of a talking Welcome to the Talking Pictures Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jake Lundberg, and with me is Leonard. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, yeah. Okay, good to hear. Well, we're recording this after our first episode has been released. Second episode is set to come out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, today we are going to be talking about uh, movies from... 2020 released in 2020 we did uh want to first take a minute and thank everybody that um listened to the show you know told us that they listened to the show and uh uh you know all the comments of how leonard's balls dropping when he was four um because it was a very surreal day on twitter (laughs) yeah it was um, but it meant a lot to all to both of us, and uh, we were pretty honored that everybody would, you know, take time out of their days to listen to us talk about movies. Yeah, because I don't think we're like like this was this was our first podcast, so it's mm-hmm. we're not there yet, and I think we're we're gonna grow with time, and I'm yeah. very glad that people are willing to go along for that ride. Yeah, absolutely, and um, like I would have turned the podcast off after twenty minutes, but I'm glad other people have continued. <laughs> um, but uh, just wanted to give some people some shout outs. Uh, we wanted to thank uh, first of all Scott Thoreau, who basically gave us the the tools in which we're recording with. Um, so shout out to Scott Thoreau, co-host yes, of Zebras in absolutely. America. Um, we'd also, uh, if you want to blame anyone for this podcast, uh, his name is Martin Kessler. Um, and I'm glad to have blamed Martin Kessler for this entire project because of a, a two words tweet he wrote. Do it. Yep. Yes. Do it. Um, it's all on you. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, Martin. It's, you did it's this legally yourself, binding. <laughs> um, uh also i wanted to thank um i made my first podcast appearance you did uh, i was on, shocked uh, on what was you i saying? was shocked as was i <laughs> yeah i know it was a pretty last minute thing uh i just wanted to thank uh dan and brad uh from movies from hell for having me on their show and uh talking about what they're going to cover in the year 2021 and uh, this is our first episode of 2021, actually. That's that true. That we're recording in 2021. So, yes. Happy New Year. But uh, also wanted to give a shout out to, I'm going to call them friends of the show, uh, Kiri and Landon, uh, who've encouraged me personally um, to do this project, and it means a lot to me. Um, uh, Leonard. 
only knows them because of a joke that we the all of us have of him being one of my other friends in disguise but uh, i mean i also know them because you bring them up all the time true that's true like it's not like like, <laughs> like that's the only reason i know them well you did technically talk to them like the one time that's true that's very true yeah. um but yeah i want to thank them uh homies support homies what can i say yeah um, bro yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay we better not make any more jokes because you're gonna go on another crack laugh because we've should, I we, can't promise should we pull anything. back the cart pull back the curtain and tell the listeners that we've started this podcast three times <laughs> it was all my fault i just want to no, make that clear it's okay um we also hope everybody enjoys the uh house of usher episode which should be will be out by this time like it uh, would be funny if they listened to it and then they were all like dropping the show i'm cutting that out <laughs> <laughs> why are you censoring me i'm the communist government baby <laughs> um anyway but sure i'm glad fascists governments never did that <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay that's really that, i'm i'm, I'm gonna cut that, that yeah. whole part out okay. yeah um um but yeah, th- again, thanks to everybody who has listened to the show, shared the show. Um, special shout out to John Arminio uh, describing, giving a better description for the first episode than we did. Can we just hire him full time? I think we should, to be honest. I mean, not full time, but like he can be our intern. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Chad Arminio, I know you're way brother than both of us, but like, can you be our intern, please? <laughs> no, but we love you, John Arminio. You're. I you're mean, this was all with nicest, love. Like, yeah, nicest guy on the internet. As Bradley J. Cornish said on on uh, my appearance, he said, "I would literally self-immolate for John Arminio." I think everyone would. Everyone who knows yeah. knows him would. Yeah, I would. No question. I would watch Godzilla Kings of Monsters five times in a theater for John Arminio. Okay. I mean, Godzilla Kings of Monsters was a 2020 of 2019 movies. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, uh, We are not going to talk about anything new that we've watched. Um, I'm just going to give a special shout out to the warner archive um blu-ray collection of uh, tex avery uh, screwball classic cartoons volume one i'm about i'm almost done with the first volume believe it or not and i've been slowly but surely chipping away at them i mean and, they're short uh, yeah they're like eight minutes so um they if you love you know classic animation and you love uh Tex Avery cartoons. Uh, I you know if you can pick it up, it's it's a gem because some of those cartoons are just whack. And uh, like one of them is about a fire, like a, a little flame coming be- and being sentient, 
and calling the police when it the flame itself starts a forest fire. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen that one. That's the, I think the only one I've seen that you've seen. I mean, I, I probably watched a bunch of them as a kid on TV, but I don't remember them specifically. I like earlier last year I uh, went on like a certain like binge of them. Mm-hmm. They're such like like they feel improvised. Like they feel yes. like something like just like a a comedic genius comic artist who's mm-hmm. who's trying who's uh, making it up as it goes along and trying yeah. to. Uh, um, what's the right word for it? Uh, trying to uh, you you be bet when you're better than the previous thing. What's the word? Oh, for um, top yourself. Yeah, top himself with every passing joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like there are just the idea of though all of those like being like there's a room of writers. Trying to yeah. script that out and making a storyboard, and then people working on that for weeks or even months to yeah. make that like just the idea all, of that. Yeah, and all to be shown in a fleeting eight minutes before the people saw, you know, their movies. I mean, I'm pretty sure those shorts are better than most movies. I mean, not yeah. most, but a lot of the movies that were shown. Yeah, no, I. Agree. But they should bring that back. I think so too. I don't like trailers. Um, I mean, I'm I I don't mind trailers. I mind uh, stupid commercials. Yes, I'm tired of hearing from uh, Maria Menenos or whatever her name is at the beginning of the theater, at the beginning of like the the movie. Am and... I supposed to get that reference or? Um, probably not. She's right. an American, uh, like host. Oh yeah, I probably don't know her. Uh, there is. There was a time when I went to a specific theater, like, uh, you know, Dolby Atmos, like mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, and like before every screen in a Dolby Atmos theater, they would, uh, they would have a, an entire video, uh, explaining what it's doing. It's like the most lame thing. Oh. Those can be either the best thing ever or the dumbest, dullest crap ever. Yeah. There's also like a multiplex. Like that multiplex that uh, that plays commercials for itself in front of their own movies. Like I'm already here. Yeah. <laughs> like, who are you convincing? Are, do they think that we just wandered in, not knowing where we were going? I mean, that's basically what capitalism wants. You just mindlessly doing consumerism. Yeah. Well, also with that being said, um, you and I kind of wanted to, uh, in getting to the shit show that was 2020 we wanted to kind of talk about theaters a little bit before we pick uh the five movies from 2020 that we're gonna kind of just talk about a little bit um you know it's it was a rough year for everybody um yeah like the theaters are not the most important thing no what happened last year just to make that clear yeah exactly but we love them we still love them and we still miss them um, but we want to also feel safe in them. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping we can get back there soon. Um, it somewhat bothers me that one of my picks was the last movie I saw in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I'll talk about that a little bit later. And um, but yeah, I just missed the theater. Um, a lot of things this year would have been a lot easier if I could have gone to the movies. I feel like. Yeah. For all I, I mean, for all, just frick, if it was, and I, uh, I talked about that somewhat in my, um, my twenty twenty uh piece on my blog. You know, I just said, you know, if it's a freaking Marvel movie or an art house film, I it would have helped, you know. Yeah. Um. But um, because you you don't like it's not like you were you're going to the theater every week before mm-hmm. that. No, I wasn't, and um, I was kind of my goal this this past year was to see. As I, as again, as I said in my piece, which is on cinema.com if you like to check it out. Shameless plug there. Yes, um, plug it like your John Arminio. <laughs> John That's, Arminio doesn't plug things? John Arminio plugs someone else's things. Oh, and John okay. Arminio is the, prof- is the best plugger you could ever imagine. Like, he will do it better than you could do it yourself. That's not you're you're laughing like, but I'm not even making I know a you're mean not. comment. I know, but it was just so funny. You're like, "Hey, he can do it better than you." I'm like, "Okay, that's probably he can true." Just do it better than both of us. I mean, yeah, probably true. He should probably host this show. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh man, John Arminio, we we love you. We do. Uh, uh we truly do. Um, but like I said, uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> Like I was, <laughs> this is gonna be a joy to edit. I just want to let you know that. Yeah, I felt like the last episode went too easy for you to edit. Uh, you should earn your marks. <laughs> At this point, I'm starting to feel like Bradley J. Cornish. I'm not editing the fucking show. I mean, I'm just pushing you towards that. I know you are. Then I'm getting get, there. I'm getting there. It's great that I can get away with saying crazy things without worrying you're going to cut it out. Mm, true. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you and I miss the theaters. Because um, you, my goal for this year was to go, go to the movies, basically, if something even, like, remotely interests me. Um, last year, I think I only saw maybe about three or four movies in the theater, but, uh, you know, but this, this year, uh, I saw about 12 new movies, which, um, I know you, you said you had something to talk about theaters, but the one, the one decent thing about this year is that they released everything on, uh, VOD rather quickly. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw some pretty cool stuff. You saw quite a bit of some stuff. Yeah, um, I saw 54 new releases in 2020, where I usually, I don't, the two years before that, I always run it around like 75. Like also by going to film festivals or those kind of things. And just seeing, like, most movies are that you see in a year are mediocre. And every at the end of every year, I'm like, I should have seen less new movies and watched more things. That's like, like, because you, I don't want to make it too negative, but like, in general, like, you'll 
Like, most of the movies that you see in a new year are going to be forgotten. Yep. In, like, a year or two later. Like, because they seemed important at that time. And then... Yeah. Just... I think that's uh, a weird thing this year. Because I always have this pressure to keep up. Yep, with the new too. releases. And then... This year has kind of taken the pressure of that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just like the Like, who cares about a year... Or linear time anymore. <laughs> I don't know how many times this year I've said, I'm sorry, time is just not a flat line for me. So you're going to need to remind yeah. me when this was. Yeah. Like, I, like this, the, I mean, just this past month, like, I, I just saw an extension of 2020, but I'm mm-hmm. concerned. Like, the year isn't over yet because time yeah, doesn't matter. So I know. who cares? But, like, this month, like, New Year's Eve seems both like last week and two months ago at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But everyone is feeling this way, so I just we should go back to this. Yeah. I interrupted you, and I'm so sorry. Please no, continue. No, it's okay. Um, I, and the reason why you see so much is you've got access. It's It depends. Uh, what yeah, you but call, like... The finest many... access... How many um, movies were on your list this year? 54. Okay. So, and I've looked through that list a couple of times. I struggle to even find showtimes for movies like that. Yeah. So, for example, last year when um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Which may be coming up in a future episode or so. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I had to go to uh, about 30 miles away from where I live to see it. And I had to go to um, probably like the second to last showing, which was like 7.20 p.m. showing. Mm-hmm. Which is fine during the summer. Because, you know, during the summer, the sun's still out probably by, you know. Nine or ten. Yeah, Yeah, nine or ten. I mean, it's an almost three-hour movie. Yeah. And, um, but if I do that during the winter, forget that. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. then you got to worry about deer and all all that stuff. Yeah, I don't Um, have to worry about deer often. Yeah, you're lucky about that. (laughs) Yeah, I also Um, don't drive, so. Yeah, true. You take the trolley. Sometimes to work. Oh, I was making, I was completely making a joke, but uh, we we, will just usually call them trams. But okay, are they not the same thing? I have a question. Do you sing the trolley song when you're on the trolley? No, I'm just, I'm just too nervous because there are too many people around me. (laughs) You don't know if the people want to sing the trolley song with you. (laughs) I haven't asked, but (laughs) that's a project Um, for the future. Yeah, okay. Uh but so I have very limited access. Like um the favorite, the um Yorgos Lanthimos film. Yeah. Um I remember came technically came out in 2018 here in the US. Yeah. But it didn't come to theaters worldwide until 2019. So yeah. I didn't see it until January of last year. 
uh, or not of last year, of 2019. Yeah, same and, for uh, me because it only came out in my country at oh, 2000. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I get, I mean, I live in another country, so I don't get the same releases as you do. Right. That's correct. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, what were you going to say about theaters? Oh, I have an entire thing, so you might have to cut this out eventually. But Okay, uh, that's fine. So, in 2019, I went to the theater. I saw eight, uh, 78 movies in a theater. Mm-hmm. No, 87, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's so eight. That's the thing in Dutch, the, we switched the numbers when pronouncing them. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So we say the second number first, and then we say the the first. Or I mean, so uh, so eighty seven movies I saw in the theater in two thousand nineteen. Sorry, don't mean to interrupt. This has been a podcast within a podcast called Learning Dutch with Leonard. Right, yes. Carry on. Like if we like, we really want to scare our listeners away, so I'm explaining a language to them that they have no interest in. <laughs> But, and then the few listeners who speak Dutch, like my, my friends and family, they will be like, you're not explaining it right. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, <laughs> I saw 87, move, 87 movies in a theater in 2019. So that's almost two movies a week. Yeah. And partly I did that because I went to a film festival where I could mm-hmm. see all the movies that were playing there. For 30 yeah. euros, that was the festival pass. Wow, that's... I wonder what the exchange rate on that is. Keep talking. Yeah, it's heavily subsidized by the government, so... Gotcha. Uh, that's yeah. $36.24 in your uh, US dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... So I saw a lot of there, I saw a lot of things there. I also... I went to the Cinematheque in Brussels a lot. Mm-hmm. Like the cinema touch, uh, a ticket there costs four euros, so it's kind of affordable to go see a new uh, a movie there every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like I, I live in the Belgian suburbs, so mm-hmm. uh, I don't live in a city there are no theaters really surrounding me. But I essentially have to like be on a train for twenty minutes, and I'm in the city, so that so that helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year I went, I got the theater subscription, right? So, uh, where I could uh, for eighteen point uh, eighteen euros and ninety cents per per month, I could uh, go see almost every movie that played in Brussels. Like I guess wow. like ninety percent of everything that came out, I could go see. Mm-hmm. Uh. So I was really prepared to watch a lot of things this year, yeah, and I did. I. I and I did for a while, uh, mm-hmm. the first two months. There is like, like I have had plenty of great movie watching experiences at home this year. I didn't want to deny that, but I yeah. I just want to say like for my concentration, mm-hmm. the act of going to the movies was a huge help. Yes, because it's not. The, like I'm, there's uh there's valuable in having to leave your house to yep. have to be dressed, <laughs> yeah. To maybe go with a friend. All yep. those things you have to think about when or is the bus going to arrive. All those things. I'm mm-hmm. maybe have dinner. Like all those yep. things make move 
with movies more than just watching a movie. Yeah. It makes it an experience. Exactly. And something that, you know, I miss and um not that I ever really talk to other people unless they're people I know with mm -hmm. me. Yeah. I miss the feeling of watching a movie in the dark and feeling the same thing that some random guy off in the corner is feeling. Yeah. I've noticed that on Twitter, a lot of people have been dissing theaters because they personally have, they have like one theater in their neighborhood and, and it's like, and they're not pausing it right. And it's, and yeah. therefore the experience for them is not a very comfortable one. And I get that. I, I do too. The, like, again, I live in Brussels. There is a wide variety of theaters, like an eight mm -hmm. or nine there. So, and there was like one, I basically noticed that all my bad experiences in theaters happened in the same chain. Oh, really? So I just uh, stopped going to that chain. Smart. And then all the other theaters usually are fine. People are respectful. Yeah. And like, I, I remember once seeing uh, Shortcuts at the Cinematheque. Okay. Yeah. The, or the open movie. movie. Yeah. Like you, just you were saying something about uh, seeing it with other people. Like, like I didn't take any guests with me when I went to see that movie, but like it was kind of a full crowd. It was in the summer. It was seven p.m. So like people were excited, and it's like, I I think like it's a very lively movie. So it plays very well with the crowd. It's funny and. It's like the kind of movie, like, if you watched it at home, you would think, oh, that's amusing. And, like, in a theater, it becomes generally funny, and you're actually laughing. Is there... There's also, like, that, you know, people who have seen shortcuts, like, it combines all these Raymond Carver short stories. And so whenever one storyline would cross with another like people got excited because that character is not talking with that character it's just like not that they were like like it was the end of of avengers endgame or something like i'm sure you've seen the clips like oh, when the yeah. black panther shows up oh oh you mean when uh iron man snaps his f uh, fingers no i <laughs> black panther shows up when everyone who was supposed to be that shows up in avengers oh. endgame gotcha I still haven't seen Endgame, so... Yeah, I, sh I should reference these things to you, because you have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I don't... Not that I hate them, but yeah. No, I know. I, I, I don't want to talk about this anyway. I'm just... Like, like it's not like people are like screaming of excitement, but just like... That's like a, uh, like a goal of, of like a wave of, uh, of pleasantness yeah. when like another yeah. character shows up. I was using the Dutch word again. <laughs> You know, it's just like, it's a movie that becomes different because you're seeing it with other people. Yeah. And I, don't, I didn't really have that this year, or almost, or barely. Yeah. I also didn't have a chance to see a movie with friends, or like, mm -hmm. I don't that like, gotta do that like one time this year because right. I couldn't see my friends. Uh, yeah. Like, I haven't watched a movie with another person in the room for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
we just hope we can get to the theaters again sometime soon. Um, like, I'll even watch Godzilla King of Monsters again, if that's what yeah, it takes. I, yeah, I mean, honestly, I've tweeted this several times this past year. I would see cats again. I would willingly subject myself to cats again, just if it means I could go to the movie theater. You know, just to be one-on-one with the screen. Yeah. But also with a bunch of other people. So, with that being said, we all, we all hope to be at the cinemas again. Um, I'm surprised you didn't mention that on the last, on the first episodes. <laughs> that's that's not really, picks. no, why would that be my pick? I hate cats. It's the only you movie You talk about it surprisingly me... a lot for something you hate. It's it fascinates me. Just admit more... you like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. It's the first movie to ever. You're make secretly me... a fury. Just admit it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the first movie to ever make me um, actually feel sick to my stomach, and it's because Rebel Wilson like unzipped her cat suit or something like that i don't know i it just Basolini's made me uncomfortable cats? what's that is Pasolini's cats <sighs> Pasolini got nothing on cats i i i'm glad you said that <laughs> that should be uh on the poster uh, yeah Jake it should Lindbergh, be its tagline on uh on on letterboxd like that might actually get people to watch <laughs> Pasolini or cats Which one? I said Pasolini or Cats. Which one will get them to watch? No, I, you're, the thing you said about uh, Pasolini uh, got nothing on Cats. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, since we're prattling on about with nonsense. Um, I feel like this is what people pay us for. They don't pay us anything. I was so about to say. That's what they don't, say. <laughs> that's they don't pay you. So. Um, yeah, thank God for that. Uh, yeah. yeah, if this show would be... Like, if we should, would ask people money for this, I would be very ashamed of myself. Oh, me too. Um, what's your first pick? I'm going to okay. let you go first. I'm so glad you didn't get me go first because I was I forgot to make notes. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, like I said before, I've seen a little bit more new releases this year than you did. Mm-hmm. Yes, you saw fifty four. Yes, fifty four. And I saw twelve. Yes, did. Yeah, you you did have to say it again, but I'm glad you did because yep. yeah. Uh, so my uh, approach to these picks where I'm gonna bring up five movies that maybe not everyone has seen or mm-hmm. maybe not even have heard of, right? But that I think are interesting, maybe not the best. I I mean, about three or four of these uh would be on my top ten of the year. Okay. So there's still like a lot of great movies. Yeah. This is not one of the greats, but it's interesting. Yeah. It's uh, Hamon Rai. 
Okay. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's uh, is it the is it based off the book? No. Okay. I don't think so. I've never read it, but I'm pretty sure it's not Doctor Seuss. Hammond no, is Hammond thought... right Doctor Seuss? No, it's somebody else. Keep talking. Okay, so this uh, it originally came out in 2019 in the festival circuit. I, w- I wasn't sure if I if this, if this is actually a 2020 release for me because it came on movie in 2021, but most Americans uh, would have uh, would have seen it as a normal release in 2020. And I guess uh, because I, this isn't going to make my top ten eventually. I hope. Uh, <laughs> I'm not really selling it, but I'm I'm going to get no, into it later. No, not really. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't like. Oh, I can bring it up now because yeah, why not? It's like it's a movie that I think has more potential. Like then it was made for peanuts. Mm-hmm. Really, just like uh, a couple of friends who start who invited like their people in their town to help with the movie. Yeah. And it looks like five times as expensive as it actually was. Oh. Okay. And I think the non-professional actors bring something to the movie that uh, a regular actor wouldn't. Mm-hmm. There's an awkwardness to their performances that I think advances the tone of it. Where... Mm-hmm. Professional actors would have probably you know, done something like more affected or uh, like something more doing a bit than anything. It's 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 a weird movie to explain. So it's a small town and a lot of kids like of a certain age are like they're going to this thing, but you're not entirely sure what this is. But you have all these kids dressing up and leaving their house mm-hmm. it's a special day yeah and like some some people are being a bit uh suspicious about this and it leads up to all these kids arriving at like a sandwich shop where there is also like a sort of prom given so huh. they eat like this like it's a kind of like like people the st- stupid people would describe it as slinchin Lynchian? Yeah. Don't like get it's, me started, it's the one bro. division of uh, this list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing like, like essentially like the kids have like certain kids continue with the party. Other kids leave because of reasons. And eventually the kids who stayed at the party disappear. Hmm. While all the kids who didn't are forced to stay in this small town forever. It's basically about all, and it, it's a very fun movie, and then like the the third act happens, and the third act is necessary for to justify the first two. But it's also less fun, I guess. Like it's it's kind of like a slow, sad movie where not a lot happens in the like the last thirty minutes, where you basically have all these people who are. Who, who always wanted to escape the small town, but because of reasons, will never be able to, and they just have to live now with that ID. So it's it's pretty resonant. Like like I like, it's not great, 
it's not something that would make my top 10, but I think it's worth checking out. And I think considering like the low resources they used, I think this, uh, it's like this director could make other interesting movies in the future. Yeah. But it's just like something that I think like within five years, they, they might've made like, it's something that's actually great. Yeah. Or he, I don't know, something really bad too. Like, <laughs> yeah, he could be like a, he could either be like, uh, he could be like Josh Trank or, um, or, uh, Ari Aster. I don't know why that was the only new director that came to mind, but. Yeah, it's because you don't watch new movies, Jake. No, I try though. <laughs> no, not, that you're too busy watching Laurel and Hardy movies for the 500th time. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, the book Ham on Rye is by uh, Charles Bukowski. The one that I was thinking oh okay of. so I'm really thinking what's the, what's the ham and cheese what's the what's the green eggs with? and ham oh that's what I'm thinking of yeah <laughs> I was like no that is not what I'm talking about <laughs> that, I've never read a Doctor Seuss book in my life I just see it referenced in American movies do they have Doctor Seuss out there we might I don't know I didn't grow up with them yeah like maybe older generations read them. We have our own writers. Yeah, true. Um, but that sounds interesting. I, I actually kind of want to check that out now. Just the premise. Yeah, it's on VOD, I think. Okay, yeah, I'll just have to check it out. Um, And actually, I was looking up some of the actors who are in it. And a lot of them are people who've just played, like, uh, bit roles and stuff. Uh, except for one guy was on, I don't know if you watched this when you were a kid, uh, Lizzie McGuire. I watched Lizzie McGuire as a kid, yeah. And the guy who plays Ethan was in it? Yeah, I don't know that. I don't okay. know that, sure. I don't remember I don't know that either. very well. I don't either. I just was Googling him. Okay. Um. So he might have just, like, made, like, at, like, two minutes and two episodes. That's the two minutes. No, I'm pretty sure he was like a series regular. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm apologizing to that guy who definitely is listening to this. <laughs> um, but my next pick is, uh, I picked, so the way I went about picking this was, um, just movies that I was just really interested or, you know, had something really to say about, um, Life. And the first, yeah, life, man. <laughs> uh, that's my genre. That's my favorite genre of movie, life. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, my first pick is The Assistant. Mm, yeah. Did you see that this year? No, I don't think it actually had like an official release. It played yeah. at the film festival that I didn't go to. So. I it's the narrative film debut of uh Kitty Green. Um it's very impressive. Um it's it's a little bit of a low-hanging fruit subject movie, but I'm glad that it was made. Um 
it's about a woman who just starts at a production company and uh her boss is basically Weinstein-esque if that makes yeah. sense uh and she's just trying to make it cuz she wants to one day be a producer and um the nice thing about it is it doesn't like show the harassment full mm-hmm. out and yeah. it just kind of shows like the shadows of it more of like a implied um and um but this is the only movie that I'm like not like hoorah over you know what I mean like that I'm really excited about mm-hmm. I'm cautiously optimistic about it more cautious than optimistic um but when you saw this I re- you were texting me about the other the day after and you were you were more excited at that time than you are being now mhm yes um the more I've thought about it is I'm worried. I'm interested to see what she does next, Kitty Green. Yeah. I haven't seen her documentaries. Um mm-hmm. I know she did something on gymnastics. Um but I hope whatever she does next is really good. <laughs> Why and, are you laughing? Cuz you look like you're doing slapstick again. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um you've watched too she... many Laurel and Hardy. That's just <laughs> But too many text Avery, I guess. There you go. Um, uh, and she... I, we, it seems like we've been getting more and more what I like to call a social thriller. Um, They're not exactly like... This is going to sound really dumb, but maybe even pretentious. But like, it's not a thriller in the sense of like, somebody's getting murdered, you know? Or the bomb's going to blow up. Or there's drugs in that mule, you know. You're not um, sounding pretentious yet, so continue. But they're very small-scale thrillers. Does that make sense? When I say social thrillers, they're more intimate. I thought with social thrillers you meant movies that... Uh, thrillers that uh, uh, pick on something that's like in the news or something from the headlines like something yeah, that's more, that's, that's like, true give another example of this like maybe then it becomes clearer um, do you think of get out as a social thriller okay yeah that would work because um, i know that's how jordan peele described it or it was used <laughs> in the marketing for a while yeah um it's socially it's, relevant thrillers i guess yeah um but i think um the person that plays the the assistant herself is really good. Um, mm-hmm. What is her name? Uh, she's uh, she was on a TV show on Netflix, which narrows it down by none. Um, that's the name of the show. No, uh, I said it narrows it down to none. Yeah, because that's all of them. Like, so many actresses are going to listen to this and it's like, I wish I had a Netflix TV show. <laughs> like, I wish that was true that everyone had one. Uh, Her name's Julia Garner. Mm-hmm. She was in um, The Perks of Being a, wild, a Wallflower. Okay, I've um, never seen that. I've heard about it. Uh, She was in... 
um, Ozark on Netflix. Okay, yeah, I've um, heard about that show. I haven't watched. Me it. neither. Um, but she's really good in it. Um, but yeah, the assistant is a. It's uh, it'll make a nice companion to one of the other movies I'm going to talk about. Um, I I feel like I need to rewatch it maybe just to kind of see where I stand on it. Yeah, because I'm not I'm not entirely sure how. I, if it was just me being pessimistic, uh, being like, oh, you know, she's going to go in that direction. You know, she's going to be like Adam uh, McKay direction. Okay, I guess. <laughs> I don't I really know what what you mean. Of a more top, I would like her to do something that's a little bit more fictional than a thinly veiled fiction film. Is what I mean. Yeah, I does I know what you mean. Uh, like I don't really. Is, I see Adam McKay as like. It's not the thing that bothers me about Adam McKay is that he is making something about current events. It's the thing about Adam McKay that's uh, off-putting is that he's screaming in your face about how you're not upset enough about this thing that you're upset about. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to watch it again, um, but I'm either way, what um, ever Kitty Green puts out, I'm gonna probably check it out. Um, but uh, what's your next pick? Okay, so another one that I uh recently watched without mm-hmm. knowing it was a 2020 release. Apparently, uh, it's called The Wolf House. I think it's, I'm pretty sure, I, I'm not going to say the country because I don't know which country it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, again, I didn't take any notes because I'm uh, an amateur. <laughs> I'm, not re- I'm not good at this show. Uh, so it's uh, a stop motion animated movie. It's uh, like Leatherbox year is 2018. It's yeah. played at the festival here in 2019, and I wanted to go to that, but I didn't make it that day. So I assumed like around 2019, it actually became like that got its actual release. But it turned mm-hmm. out that for most people, it became on VOD in 2020. Oh. So it's a stop motion animated movie that. It's the like it opens as a sort of documentary, like for like like twenty seconds, no, like two minutes. It's a documentary, like but not. Uh, it's more of like a promo video, like an ed- educational video you would show at schools in the seventies okay. or eighties, and uh, talks about like uh, like the community and like. And it opens with like a girl from that community who runs away, mm. but then we're already in. Uh, it, but and she enters like this stop motion animated world, but it's not like it's more like clay, not exactly claymation. It's it's a movie that's where the reality is constantly shifting. Like you see, so you see a character, and then uh, the character dissolves and is being built up again 
Okay. So it's constantly changing it, but it's also showing how it's changing. So you <laughs> see a room and then then the room changes, but it's not just changing. It's like you see black paint is being animated, mm-hmm. like growing like it's uh like it's this spot of paint that's just spreading everywhere and it's suddenly mm-hmm. all everything is black. I'm not I just uh, it's like showing the process of the themes changing within the movie. Okay. I mean, I explained that right. Do you, do you yeah. have any kind of visualization of what I'm saying? Yeah. It's okay. No, no, yeah. no, and it's about like this girl and she starts a family in the, in a house that she finds. And there are like, she's hiding from a wolf and there are two bit, two little pigs in the house. And then the hmm. pigs become dead uh, feet, and then the pigs become human. And oh, okay. it's like she's constantly shifting, and there's she's also talking to the wolf. Like everyone in this movie is speaking Spanish, except the wolf is speaking German. Oh, okay. And it's constantly doing like I, I didn't really explain the the story because it, there's barely a story. Is it more abstract? Yeah, it's more abstract. It's very okay. eerie. I was so fascinated by watching it. And then I looked up what it's actually about. And mm-hmm. this tells actually a story about an, an ex-Nazi going down to South America and infiltrating a community and abusing children, young girls. Oh. And that's actually what this story is about. Like this, yeah. It's actually a visualization of like... That an evocation happened? of that story. Interesting. If it, it's so fascinating. It's uh, if like if I had seen it when I finalized my list, it would probably make my third or second place of my list. Yeah, I gave it four and a half stars on Letterboxd. It's probably third place. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I think this is like the best of the ones I'm gonna mention today. Wow. Um And I still like I still have two other animated movies to go. I actually have uh, six choices choices today um, that I'm gonna uh talk about in my five. Because you also did that. That's true. I did yeah. do that. You said a president in the first episode. And there you have to live with it. With the consequences. <laughs> um, okay. So the wolf house. Huh? Yeah. That sounds like a really... I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, I was looking at some yeah. of the images. And they look kind of... Like you said. Unsettling and eerie mm-hmm. looking. Um, it's very creepy. So my next pick is uh, the last movie I saw in the theaters last year. Actually, the last movie I've seen in theaters at all so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Um, Please tell. Uh, what's that? Please tell. Okay. Um, I went into this movie just being like, it's a video game adaptation. It might be... Uh, it's probably not going to be good. Um, it's probably going to be pretty bad. But to my surprise, 
it was actually really entertaining. Um, a lot of movies can say nowadays people will just be like, "Oh, that was so cheesy," or "That movie was just so much cheese." Um, which people I think would definitely uh, think that's what Sonic is. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it really just has a lot of heart to it. Yeah. Um, so, um, and they also took, cause the video game really doesn't have a plot. Mm-hmm. The early ones, at least. Um, yeah. I played they, Sonic, so. I oh, know. okay. I know you're not a video game person, so I didn't know if you knew. No, I played video games when I was six. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I don't, oh. I don't mean anything by that, but it's just like, I, <laughs> Uh, we don't but, have to uh, go into that just in, in you. Sorry. No, you're good. I, um, and this movie kind of holds, um, a little bit of a special place in my heart, too, because, um, I'm not going to cry in this episode, but, um, I, People uh, are waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, I know everybody is, but, um, I saw it with uh, uh, two friends. I saw it with my friend Landon, who I've mentioned earlier, and uh, my other friend Christian. And um, when we had left, I had gotten from a text from my mom saying, hey, you know, aunt, my Aunt Joanne had been in the hospital, mm. and um, they're running some tests and everything. We don't know what's going on. And I was like, okay. And then... Um, and I get home and, uh, you know, they, they explained to me what happened and she basically, uh, became non-responsive and sort of passed out and, mm-hmm. um, uh, she's taken to the hospital and, um, the next morning, uh, she passed away. Yeah. Um, so... And it was very sudden. And it's not like she was um, a young person. She was in her 90s. Yeah. Um, but she was a special lady. Mm-hmm. And almost like a like a like another grandparent. Yeah. And um, Sonic was the, was the movie that I needed at that time. After mm-hmm. that. Um, Are you okay uh, there? Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, my sinuses are starting to bother me again. Yeah, sure. No, S- they sinuses, really are. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's okay to cry. I mean, I'm no, I know. You. It's not. It's I'm not crying. My sinuses are bothering me. Sure, I believe you. Um. Uh, but um, yeah, Sonic is just. You know, it's not like I said. It's not Citizen Kane. But it's just really entertaining, and it's fun for the whole family. I mean, why would you want a Blue Hatchhawk movie to be Citizen Kane? <laughs> I don't know. That'd be kind of cool, though. But would it only? I would only want it as if Sonic himself was like reenacting Citizen Kane. What if Sonic was played by Jim Carrey? Like just Jim oh. Carrey in blue blue makeup. <laughs> <laughs> like just like him doing the Grinch, but like Sonic. Uh, and speaking of Jim Carrey, he was really good in that movie and mm-hmm. so funny. 
Yeah. Um, he, you know how he has a tendency to be too much sometimes. Yeah. They did just gave just around the around yeah. Jim Carrey was just the amount right amount of silliness and goofiness in that mm-hmm. movie. And, you know, there was some genuine emotion in that movie. Like, there's this sequence at the beginning uh, where Sonic, because he gets transported from his land to ours, and he's mm-hmm. stuck, he doesn't know anybody. And there's this really cool sequence where he's playing baseball by himself. Yeah. And he's running and running and doing all this stuff. And then he just literally, just out of nowhere, goes, I'm all alone. And I just remember watching that and feeling like, damn, I felt that. Like, If you relate to the Blue Hat yeah, Shark. Yeah, like, that's so dumb. But um, ironically enough, it it um, it's the third best road trip movie of the year. Um, yeah, but, uh, I'd say, you know, you were no one else could take a road trip. Yeah, that's true. I guess people Um, still did, but yeah. Um, people, uh, I did take a road trip literally the week before shutdown. So good timing. Yeah, it was really good timing. Um, but, uh, yeah. So Sonic the Hedgehog is my second pick. Yeah. Um, I'm uh very. Uh, you also said like this is like the only video game movie you liked. Yeah. Well, it's the only one that's considered like decent. I mean, I haven't seen the Resident Evil ones. Uh, yeah. or like Assassin's Creed. Martin Kessler is judging you. <laughs> I did buy the box set. Yeah. And Landon is also judging me because he loves that series. So actually, he should be on this podcast instead of of me. <laughs> no. Instead of you, actually. Oh, I have also dang. not seen the Resident Evil movies. Oh, boy. Uh, actually, this podcast should be John Arminio and Landon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to say the funny thing about, like... Uh, uh, Sonic is that when it came out like there were so many people tweeting about like how great the screenplay for it was and and they were, they were all friends of the screenwriter yeah I mean this wasn't like an Aaron Sorkin screenplay I mean I would be more offended if they tweeted those things about an Aaron Sorkin screenplay uh, so I'm gonna bring up two other animated movies and I'm gonna mention okay. them quickly one mm. is uh, Marina of Marona. I, I really should have written those things down. <laughs> this is actually a terrible show. What's the other one? <laughs> if John Arminio was here, we didn't have these problems. <laughs> we didn't have these problems. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, uh, we're venturing into movies from hell territory right now. I mean, Bradley would like it. Yeah, he probably we're, would. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, one movie is Marona Fantastic Voyage, which is a French animated movie, mm-hmm. and which, uh, it's about a dog who dies, 
and then yeah. remembers all of her past owners. It's very oh. cute, and it's very it's it's also not too precious. It's also like, there are sad things happening in it. Like at one time she's uh she's living with uh, an elderly woman. Yeah. The elderly woman can't uh, doesn't respond well to having a doctor there because mm. so uh, so there are also like none good things happening in it, but it's uh, very expressionistically animated. Okay. Uh, one thing that bothered me about it is that I had to watch it with in the Dutch dub because. The DVD at my library only offered the French, original French uh, audio and then the Dutch dub, and the Dutch dub sounded awful. Ugh. Very uh, corny, but... So that kind of yeah. took it down for me. But otherwise, it's like... It's like I was crying. I, I mean, I wasn't crying, but... Uh, deep down, I was crying, but but I'm uh. It's okay to admit if you were crying. <laughs> I w- I don't cry because I uh I cry inside, but I don't cry outside because I'm a toxic man, I guess. One was uh kill it and leave this town, which mm-hmm. is a Polish animated movie. The director worked on it for like fourteen years by himself. Wow, and it's kind of like loose. Loose uh, scenarios, sometimes interlapping. Just such it talks about his youth in uh, Poland in the the nineteen eighties, mm-hmm. but also not really. So, yeah. Like there's just like you you see this like it's a slice of life thing. Just like people are going on with their days. It's also mm-hmm. surreal. It's also like animated in a style that's. Like it's like one guy doing all of it, so it's like very not amateurish, but it's very homemade. It's this is what is also like maybe not top five, but top top six or seven for me. This really okay. made a big impression. Uh, like he, it, like I've talked about this on the first episode, but there's something about something being drawn that mm-hmm. can move me more than reality i guess there's like that it's there are certain things he does here like certain visuals that he pulls off that i find so much more moving than the greatest acting i yeah and i i like i think most people haven't had a chance to see this yet i think this might uh, for like Americans will come to VOD in 2021. Mm-hmm. Please watch it. It's worth spending your money on. Okay. It's that that you can spend your money on supporting like Wonder Woman 1984 and then tweet about it for two weeks how much you hate it, or you can spend it on someone who spent 14 years by himself making this movie and it turned out pretty good. Ciao. I also haven't seen Wonder Woman 1984. I also don't care. But yeah, uh, I don't either. I was kind we, of looking forward to it, but uh, here at the Talking Pictures podcast, we don't give any thumbs up to Wonder Woman 1984 because we just we're just kind of like Wonder Woman 1984. Eh, 
right? We haven't seen it. Like, what are you talking about? Like, none of, neither of us have seen it. Like, we haven't know. I, I, I don't even have I mean. the have the option to see it. Also, oh, that's like true. it's because the doors are closed, and mm-hmm. we don't have HBO Max in Europe. So not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, they're gonna take over the world. And I, for one, welcome our new overlords. Yes, Lauren lives new flesh. <laughs> okay, so please, uh, what's your next pick? Uh, this is a movie I know you're really looking forward to watching that I watched. Oh, this I year. I know what you're you're gonna say. This is Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. So my Lauren lives a new flesh reference was just perfect. It was, and I didn't even think about what I was picking next. I'm just like. I'm just gonna pick something that he's looking forward to. The cosmos to. knows. Now it's you know this was what you're always planning, and we mm-hmm. subconsciously did this. Like yeah, we're, we're connected. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about that scene in uh, Iron Man three. Hello. <laughs> I was recently ranting about someone about why Iron Man three is the best Iron Man movie. Are you Scott? I mean, Scott calls it this. Uh, I, I don't want to speak for Scott. I think Scott likes it even more than me, but I really like That's true. Be- also, because the first two Iron movies are shit. They're okay. <laughs> They're, They're shit. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, but uh, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor is just. God. I, you know how uh, I said about. What was it? I said something earlier about being f- not liking a film, mm-hmm. but being fascinated by it. This yeah. one I like. It's like I can't say if I like it or not, but I'm fascinated by it. Possessor. Mm-hmm. Um, Possessor is about a uh, a woman who works for this corporation, and uh, she takes control of other people's body. To take care of, uh, to eliminate other like high profile targets. Yeah, like, she's an assassin. Yeah, she's an assassin. That's a very uh, long winded way to say she's an assassin. Well, I was also reading the Wikipedia. Oh uh, yeah, synopsis. You're, che- you're cheating. I know, but at least I'm admit to reading Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're still doing better than me. It's like has no preparations, and it's like from doesn't know how the title sounds. It's okay. Um, but this is one of those movies that's just so, uh, visceral. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was into it. I haven't seen the uncut version. Yeah. And I don't know what version I saw, but, um, it, it's like, I think it's number four on my list for this year. Yeah. There's yeah. number my number four. Um, I'll keep this one short cause it's just, it's a visceral film. Um, it's just crazy. If you enjoyed, um, John Frankenheimer's seconds, you will love this movie. Um, and that's the best, best, uh, comparison I can give it to. Um, what's the lady's name? Who's in it? She, who plays the assassin. She's Andrea Riceboro. Yeah. She's really good. Um, She, she has been great for like more than a decade and mm-hmm. she, she's always different in every movie yeah that, that's that's like great... she is people forget that she exists because she's always looking different mm-hmm. so and that's such a great thing for an actress 
yeah. is to um, be transformative. Be transformative, exactly. Uh, something that Lon Chaney excelled at. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Possessor was just. I I still don't know if I understand it, and it's probably gonna take a couple watches to fully firmly grasp what it's about. Yeah. Um, but it's just incredible. I haven't seen his other one that he made. Um, antiviral. Yeah, antiviral. Have you seen it? No. Um. But um. Yeah, it's uh just incredible. Um, it's probably yeah. my favorite. Um. My favorite horror movie of the year. If you want to call okay. it that, um, yeah, I, I, uh, genre that discussing genre is the most is the least interesting discussion you can have on a movie. Like, yeah, who cares? Definitely. Um, like I but, feel like every like the last three or four years, every time there's an acclaimed horror movie, you have to have the conversation about is it really a horror movie? Yeah, and I really I hope we can stop doing that because it's dull and unnecessary. It's it's like it's even worse than fucking Golden Globes. <laughs> so what do you got next? One of the movies that I uh, it's in my top ten, and I really hope people will see uh, in the coming months or years or whenever they get to it but that that really has stuck with me a certain like big early days of september and i've been thinking about it ever since is a workforce it's a mexican movie uh it's uh like it's played on a tiff uh the same time when Parasite played at TIFF. And I mean, I might have to explain Toronto International Film Festival because, like, maybe not everyone will get that reference. Uh, yeah. And it has a kind of similar story to Parasite, but also not at all because, like, I mean, there, like, it also proves that Parasite wasn't the first. Hmm. The, the movie to ever do like a uh, house represent and uh, and like taking on the class differences. Yeah, but uh, I I kind of want to give away what happens in this movie for a bit. Okay. Because uh, I think it will it will make people excited to see it, but mm-hmm. also it's not a movie that has a lot of plot, so I also feel a bit conflicted. Okay. But uh, so it's so you have uh, a, a people working building this gigantic house or mansion in uh, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. It opens with a long shot of people working, and then someone falls from the roof, mm. and we learn that. Uh, that is our, the protagonist's brother, mm. and he he dies, and he has a pregnant girlfriend. Oh no! And the insurance claims that he was drunk, but he mm. the brother never never didn't drink any alcohol. Mm-hmm. So, but 
it also means that uh, they're not paying anything because it, so it's a, it doesn't count as a work uh, accident. Right. And uh, so the girlfriend has trouble with paying the bills. She she's uh, she's afraid of what, what happens when the baby will get there. The the so the protagonist uh, asks his boss. Like the the pass on the on their construction site, construction sites, and he says, "Yeah, well, I don't know. I'll ask uh, the employer about this." Then at a certain point, the like the lead character he, he starts bothering the the employee at his house, and he will say, "Yeah, don't come to my house, but I I will look into it." And then they ghost him again, mm. and. This lead character, he lives in like something that's barely a house. It's always raining inside. And mm. at a certain point, he decides that he's just going to spend the night at the, this mansion they're building. Yeah. Because even when it, an unfinished mansion is better than his actual yeah. house. And, um, and he starts working there at night, but then... Uh, or he actually starts, starts uh, uh, destroying things, so they have to work on there longer before the new boss can move in. There's also this new bo- this guy who's hiring them. They he is like a single guy who lives is planning on to live in a house that could uh, house thirty people. Just oh like gosh. with the class difference, and at a certain point the. The girlfriend kills herself, the pregnant girlfriend, and oh this sets off something in the guy where he, like, he takes revenge. Mm-hmm. It's like you you think like this is what the movie is going to be like, this him taking revenge, but it's basically what the movie shows is you see the guy calling on uh, the dude's apartment. And then it cuts to like the next day, everyone arriving at the construction site, and they say like, "Yeah, the boss is dead." And what's but what's really interesting is what they do next, because now like the boss didn't have any family, and uh, this, he's still he's just living in that house, and he starts inviting his friends like, "You know, we built it. We can, you know, we can." go live there with our families hmm. and it's a really big house and he claims he knows a lawyer who said that they they kind of the law on their side that if they are already going to live in that house and they get their mm-hmm. debtor to pay the money that the that they, they sh- it should be a shoo-in which you know it's obvious right. it isn't mm-hmm. like the lawyer is like uh putting them on but hmm. they're they're all like all these people are getting together in this house and almost starting like this tiny republic, like kind of like a, a tiny republic that's not transferred with any of like the regular laws, but then of mm-hmm. course that has its own problems and uh, it will not be able to endure forever. Yeah. And I think it's one of the most interesting movies I watched all year and yeah, I hope more people will be able to check it out. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch this because yeah. we don't 
We don't. And you said it's a Mexic from Mexico. It's a Mexican movie, and the most people who I've seen review this on Letterbox are Mexican people, and they say it's very different from other Mexican movie because it's hmm. because it's like focused like because it doesn't feel like it comes from like a rich guy making it. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I haven't seen what's this uh, the Our Time director. Oh, Brigadas. Yeah. Like nothing against Regatas, but like I know he comes from like a more privileged background. Mm-hmm. So it's not you don't really have like this like more low budget movie that does feature more like everyday people. Mm-hmm. And because they also said like there's like a diff like the reviewers I read from Mexico said like that this that in this movie they talk more like how he. How people in Mexico actually talk, you know, like so. This isn't making a lot of sense, but like people, like other no, people who could speak with more knowledge than me have said it's such it's a that it's representation. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's so it's not. You said it's not a representation of how Mexican film is. I know, like there's. Uh, I don't know. If I don't know Mexican cinema that well. Do I don't statement. either? Yeah, but um, I guess like in a lot of places, you kind of have to come from certain money and have certain resources before you can actually make yeah. this, and that will shift the the kind of stories and the kind of perspectives you see. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I I am actually looking forward to checking that one out. Yeah, you um, should. I think I will. <laughs> um, for my next pick is one that I know you also watched this year, uh, and that is uh, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Yeah. The Eliza Hitman film, her third film, mm-hmm. um, about a woman in... I want to say she's from Pennsylvania. Yeah, she's from rural Pennsylvania. Um, she's get, She gets pregnant unexpectedly. And um, she's only like, I think, 17. Yeah. She's young. Um, and she goes to New York to get an abortion. Yeah. But yeah, you, you and I are both men. We don't know anything of what it's like to worry about that kind of thing. And in the movie, it's implied that the baby was, or, you know, her pregnancy was created maybe possibly not consensually. Mm-hmm. Um, and that scene is just, it's heartbreaking. Uh, it's one of the movies where there's, a certain moment, a certain shot, actually, that stays in my mind. Yeah. And um, because uh, she, the girl goes to New York with her cousin, and they yeah. actually uh, steal money from the supermarket that they work at. Mm-hmm. And um, so they basically go on the run. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was very worried uh, I've only seen uh, It Felt Like Love. Mm-hmm. I was very worried that yeah, it too. would be like It Felt Like Love. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But thank God it wasn't. I mean, it feels more like a sister film. Like, if you were going to pair them, it'd be a perfect pairing, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But I just... I've never felt more empathetic about somebody's situation until I watched, like, of a new movie. You know okay, what I mean? yeah, you never felt like so. I mean, I guess this this is your your shared favorite movie of the year, right? Yeah, uh, this was my number two pick. Oh, it's your number two. I, I really thought this was your number one, like, together with... It was very close. Movie. Because... Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, but it just it just really makes you think about, you know the, the patriarchy, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. And us men telling women what to do with their bodies, you know. And um Yeah, uh it's a movie I will never forget. Um I, I um, I'd like to know, and maybe she's done this, maybe she said it on, uh, the episode of Zebras in America she was on, mm-hmm. but, um, I'd like to know what her influences are, just as a director. Um, yeah. just so I can not nail, nail down them, not nail, not so I can nail down her influences, but I'm just curious, Yeah, you know? Because sometimes her movies just feel totally original, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, would you almost describe, uh, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always as, like, neorealism by way of Fassbender? No, absolutely not. Okay. This is nothing gonna, like Fassbinder. What are you talking about? Maybe I'm just thinking of the scene in the subway too much and comparing it to Fox and his friends. Yeah. Fassbinder is... Melodramatic. Not only melodramatic, but uh, filled with irony, which I don't think of uh, Eliza Hitman as someone who's filled with irony, but as... Uh, I mean, there's a very ironic approach to melodrama in Fassbinder, and she's... Eliza Hitman is very earnest and very Yeah, fruitful. that's true. You're right. I, I think I was just thinking about that one part in particular. Yeah. Um, But uh, there's some, I mean, and then there's another scene where she's going to go to the clinic, yeah. the abortion clinic, and there's the protest mm-hmm. uh, outside, and that's just, you know, she already feels like the whole world's up against, uh, is against her. And, you know, it's just such a great shot. Yeah. And a great, great, not a great, when I say great moment, it's not like it's a feel-good moment. I think people understand what you mean. Yeah. I just want to make that clear. Yeah. Um. But it's just, what were your, I know it wasn't very high on your list. I mean, you're, you're always keeping this up. This was my number 11 or 12. Okay. Right. So it's not that low. No, it's not. But I've seen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot you've seen so much more. Yeah. Also, um. So this was also my second Eliza Hitman movie I've seen, and I think I liked this significantly more than I did. It felt like love. Not that I disliked. Mm-hmm. It felt like love. Yeah. But that movie was too awkward for me to watch. It's just too painful for me to look at. 
Like, oh, it felt like love. Yeah, I just I just couldn't handle that movie. Like how good it is, which is I mean, it's a really good movie, but it's just yeah. like it's too relatable. It's way too relatable. It's not even relatable, but just painful. Like I can't yeah. handle it. And then, uh, and on this movie, like it kind of gave like this is also a very uh, painful movie in a lot of ways, but it kind of there was. There was something of hope in it, like and it felt like Love, the lead's character, like was completely alone for the entire time. And this yeah. movie, you have the friendship of the two girls that kind of mm. give you the idea, of like, oh, they will get through this somehow. Together, and that might make me like a like a weak person, like in the sense that I can't no. watch a movie if there isn't like a little bit of hope in it. But uh, it it helps knowing that, like, yeah. And the fact that, you know, she never, the, the cousin, her cousin who goes with her, yeah. never judges her or is just completely just there for her. Yeah. I mean, there there is this uh, part where they get um, sort of, they kind of butt heads a little bit. Mm-hmm. But. Um, Barely, actually. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's real minute, like. But um yeah, I I I think the more times I watch it, the more I'm going to get from it, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um and I just I'm excited. And and the thing that's awesome not awesome, the thing that's good is I feel like if the pandemic didn't happen, I don't think this movie would be getting the attention that it, it's getting. Yeah. Uh sa- both sadly enough and I mean, it's it's sad that it wouldn't get the attention otherwise, but I'm glad it did. It's like, yeah, it's the movie that should have gotten attention anyway. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, and she and the the two lead actors just have uh great chemistry together, and um, uh, yeah, I just and I'm excited to see what they both do. Uh, the one girl, uh, Talia Ryder is getting cast in things it seems left and right yeah she's gonna be in the remake of west side story mm-hmm. um and there's something else she just got announced for too which is really cool okay and then uh sydney flanagan who plays the the girl uh the main character is just got cast in something as well so Mm-hmm. But I'm excited. Uh, but yeah, so never, rarely, sometimes, always is my uh, fourth pick. Yeah. I know whenever you say, do you think that I should be prepared for what what's going to come next? Because whenever oh. you say something like that, there will be some crazy comparison. <laughs> and I'm I'm good at that. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you I, really are. <laughs> I And I think it's just because I'm thinking of that one scene and not... As a whole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I know how your mind works a bit. I don't yeah. really, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next movie I'm going to talk about is also one I watched fairly recently. I'm not sure if these... the mo- uh, Like, there are three movies I mentioned today that I watched in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's because these are better or because they're fresh in my mind so i'm more eager to talk mm-hmm. 
It's uh, an Indian movie called Cat Sticks. Mm, Barely okay. anyone has heard of it. Uh, it's directed by Ronnie Sen. I never mentioned any directors today. I just why not now? Uh, <laughs> so it's it's kind of based on like his own youth. Uh, like it's about like a, a bunch of junkies in a in an area who. It, it's in black and white, by the way, and like they oh. just like it, these are supposed to be the director's friends, like people he knew at the time, mm. like fictionalized, of course, and uh, just like it's such a like it opens very not daringly, but it's very it has a very striking opening where you see it's in black and white, it's raining, and you see three guys arriving at an old crashed plane that they're in a, in a forest that they're breaking into so they can uh, do smoke in there, like smoke drugs. It's oh. right there. They're always talking about brown sugar is like the thing. Do you know what do. brown sugar is code for? Is this like heroin? Or yes. Okay, it's, it's heroin, yeah. Okay. Uh, I I I don't have a lot of experience with these things uh, yeah. firsthand, so uh, it's good that you're explaining it to me. Well, <laughs> and I also only know that because it's a Rolling Stone song. Sure, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I believe you. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, if you've you've this character, it's like one who's uh, a student. Who's hanging out with some older junkies? There's one guy. Like this, this one of my favorite scene of the movie is like this guy who meets his girlfriend like when her dad is not at home. It's like it's like this relationship where they both love each other, but it's also clear that he will not change anything about his behavior, and he will always be a a, a junkie in this town. And she wants to like do something with her life, right? So it's like they're they're spending the night together, but it's also clear like they're she, she's gonna move to other things, like she's gonna leave him behind, and you can't right. really blame her for doing so. Yeah. Uh, so that's a very interesting dynamic. Also, a guy who who, who compares himself to Hamlet, like uh, okay. he says, like his is a. Uh, like his mother died, and a week later his father uh, remarried, and then okay. his father uh, is now in a coma. Hmm. So it's like it only has his stepmother, and he has nowhere to go. And eventually, that guy kind of makes the choice to go into rehab. Hmm. And like that guy is called Ron Ronnie, mm-hmm. which is also the director's name. Oh. So I'm assuming that this is him. Okay. But like because it's like this black and white and it's raining the entire mm. night, it does feel like something apocalyptic. Like essentially yeah. nothing drastic happens at the end of that night, but you know for a lot of these people they're not going to be around for much longer. Mm-hmm. They're gonna either die from overdoses or for poverty or they're gonna kick out of their house like yeah and i did want to like talk like 
become sending towards people who have these addictions. Like, right. I didn't want no, to I come across that way, but it's just like, for a lot of these people, because they don't have the, like, you know, it's a very complex, complex thing. Some of these characters don't have the support system other others have, but don't have the power themselves to act upon. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but like, you know, addiction is genetic in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it's a lifelong struggle. Yeah. Like it's, it's not like it, it's a one and done. It's you struggle with it your entire life. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't want to sound kind of the same, but it's just like for a lot of these people, like it, it's not easy to, once you get hooked to get, get, off to get unhooked. Yeah. yeah. So it's like for a lot of, it is also very young people, so sometimes you have, like, I hope they will, like, uh, they will find another path in their life where they can. Absolutely. There's still some hope left for a lot of these characters. Like, there's also, like, someone dies in this movie, but, mm-hmm. uh, like, and then they have to deal with the body while being high, so. Okay. Uh, I think, I think that wasn't. Like there was, like it's that was a very interesting story because it wasn't played for comedic effect, but it was also not played for dramatic effect. Like it's very understated. It's this is also another movie that I think is, quote unquote, great, but it's interesting and it's on movie, and no one has seen this. And what's the name of it again? Cat sticks. Like cat sticks are like the matches that they use to light the thing. Light things. Okay. Interesting. I'm gonna have to check this one out because I'm really interested yeah. in this. I think this is definitely one of the better looking movies, like especially mm. the black and white filmography, which is mm. a thousand times better than the gray blur that was Mank. <laughs> I feel like we should give a shout out to Mank for you know. Yes. Existing. Being Mank, yeah. For like giving us a lot of bad puns, but also. <laughs> Having people watch <laughs> Citizen Kane for the first time, so that's you know that's good. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah, hey, Mank was pretty crappy, but that's a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna indulge you on this. <laughs> okay, my last pick is Family Romance LLC. Which, so remember how it was like, yeah, I think I'm like the only person with that on their number one of yeah. 2020. Do you know who else has it on their number one? Is it Martin Gessler? Indeed it is. Yeah. I disagree um, with both of you guys, but I also don't hate this movie. Uh, yeah. I don't remember much of it. Like, it, I saw it and I it has really stuck in my mind. Yeah. I think it's probably stuck in my mind more than... Um, um yeah uh, then most things um it's about on paper it sounds like a hallmark movie the plot so i disagree this... but <laughs> i i told it to my mom the plot who loves those movies and she's like yeah that does sound like a hallmark movie I don't know so, because most Hallmark movies I've seen are very formulaic, and this is like not the very normal circumstance. No, uh, that's what that I described. said on paper. Just the plot itself sounds. The plot, so you're not explaining. Let's so just, just explain like the what the movie's premise. about. Yeah, okay. Um, so it's about a guy who uh, works at this uh, business, and basically what he does is he will stand in for people. 
So say your dad's a drunk and he won't be able to walk you down the aisle because he's too freaking hungover. So you mm-hmm. hire that guy to be your father. For a day. And but also everyone day. on the wedding knows that he's not her father. So it's really just yeah. all pretends. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. Um, I can't remember any other examples. But then it comes to the real part of the meaty part of the plot is this woman hires the guy to pretend to be this girl's uh, father who she's never met mm-hmm. and uh, be be the be the father. Um, and it gets more and more complicated to the point where the girl and just spend some time with the girl. And, um, she, it gets to the point where the girl is very attached to him. And at one point even says that, uh, she loves him. Mm -hmm. And then he starts to wonder if maybe that even his own family loves him. And it just reminds me of persona in the fact of the, the themes of identity. Um, uh, it's directed by Werner Herzog, who is one of my personal favorite directors. Um, somebody who I find very influential in my film viewing habits. Um, uh, this is the first one of the. I've been. I was. I'm not the only one who said this. I think Martin Kessler said it. It's like one of his best uh fictional films in the last few years mm-hmm. um and i i haven't seen many of his recent stuff but i would from what i've heard uh it's definitely uh true uh it just it's got such an energy to it and uh you would think that warner herzog was maybe 30 years old and not you know getting towards i don't even know how old he is but just it just feels like a younger man's film um but i I just it's something that wowed me and still i still think about every once in a while and it's just shot with such energy and vig uh vigor Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh but um yeah, Family Romance was just that was my favorite of the year. Um I'm looking forward to what he does next, which is probably another documentary, but yeah, he has hope... another documentary out, out this year like that played at at festivals. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um well, I'm looking forward to what he does next fictionally. Mhm. But like I said, you can just tell when he was making this movie, it's uh he was very excited to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my last pick is uh Family Romance LLC. I guess my problem with it was that he he took the real guy who did that real job and made mm-hmm. a fiction film with him in the lead. Like I don't yeah. understand why I didn't just make it a documentary. Because now I was thinking because now it was kinda of bothering me like why are you just giving me like the Fictionalized version of the real thing. I think 
Herzog himself would be like, but we are, oh man, that was a bad, uh, I'm not even going to try a Herzog impression. Uh, I think it's in a way challenging the form itself. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I know what you're saying. I'm not sure if I'm agreeing, but uh, well, that's fine. You don't have to agree. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and I can I I understand your point though, and I see why you thought that. Um, but uh, I didn't know that was the actual guy. Yeah, I I did. I like because on movie there was a. An interview with Herzog before the movie started. Mm-hmm. And then there was something like afterwards. Oh, I think he did like a live Q&A. I'm not sure if it was live. I think he... He took Twitter questions or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so uh, that's our picks for uh, 2020. Uh, we both went about it a little differently. Um you went about it picking lesser known stuff that you want people that you think people should check out. Yeah. I just picked things that I had things to say about. Um, but I also think people should check them out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, me, you watched not that many new releases, but they were most of all quality. Mm hmm. Yeah. I didn't watch anything this year that I hated. So. No cats um, this year. No, no cats. Even though I technically did see it in 2020. Yeah, I did. I technically saw saw uh, Rise of Skywalker in 2020. I would even watch the, uh, Rise of Skywalker again. I, no, I feel no that. maybe actually no. <laughs> like theaters can be closed if that's all what they're playing, but yeah. That's yeah, it's true. We uh, so uh, what do we got coming up next? What we got coming up next is another 2020 episode because what else? Like I know that's what people want is to remember 2020 for a little bit longer. Yep. We don't, like oh, we man. don't want to give it up yet, so uh, we're gonna <laughs> talk about like not the new movies, but like the older movies we discovered in 2000. Yeah, in the year. Our favorite first time watches and stuff like that. That's going to be, uh, I'll try to get notes for that one. Yeah. And that one will probably be a little bit shorter. Or longer. I, I wouldn't trust either of us. That's true. I probably interrupt you like 500 times. <laughs> um, and then after that, we have um, a, new, a little new series that we're doing called uh, Long Form. It's called I'll Show You Yours If You'll Show Me Mine where uh leonard and i pick we both pick a favorite movie that uh each other hasn't seen and we watch it and then we talk about it so yeah uh and you what was your pick for me to watch it was point blank uh the john borman lee marvin film and for leonard i picked uh the three colors white the uh Christoph Kieslowski, uh Three Colors trilogy film. Yeah, so. he changed his choice like five times. So I always forget which one I'm actually supposed to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like uh, this episode will go up around like the end of January. Yeah.
yeah, the Discoveries episode should be up by the first week of February. Um, uh, and then uh, the other one that I mentioned should be up at the end of February. Um, yeah, yeah, we haven't mentioned this on the show, but we're planning on uh, releasing two episodes a month. Yes. And we're d- doing three this month just because... Uh, this episode ha- is has to be a bit timely, and also because we record the first two in the month before, so mm-hmm. we kind of yeah. like a little bit of flame room here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, now I'm ready to not speak another word of English for another week. Okay. Uh, with that being said, um, till we can all meet again at the movies, everyone. Goodbye. Take care, guys. A talking picture. Goodbye.